Welcome. Thanks for listening in as I talk to Tim Kite, founder and president of Focus 3. Now, Tim will be presenting at Sherm 18 here in a few weeks in a session on Wednesday, June 20th at 1130 a.m. And that's Central Time. Sherm's in Chicago this year. His session is called The Five Driver System, Building and Leading a High-Performance Organization. Now, Tim's firm focuses on helping companies around the globe align the power of leadership, culture, and behavior to achieve next-level results. Now, I've not met Tim in person, and truthfully, we haven't even talked on the phone prior to this podcast, so it will either be great or really great. And I say that because the buzz on the street is Tim is a fabulous communicator and does a great job on the stage. And I have to admit, I'm a little starstruck because I read in Tim's bio that he's worked with Urban Meyer, coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes. And as an ex-Buckeye and a fan for 40 years, I'm seriously jealous. I hope Urban's a nice guy. I hate it when my heroes have feet of clay. Well, one last thing before I use up the entire time talking about Tim instead of talking with Tim is that he's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, Sports Illustrated, and ESPN, and is the author of several high-impact training programs, The R-Factor, Lead Now, Power of Culture, Winning, Attitude Matters. Well, before I go on too much longer, welcome, Tim. You bet, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's my pleasure, and I think the the folks at Sherm will be happy to hear this. And I, I'm really kind of excited. You know, we we bloggers had the opportunity to go through and and pick who we chatted with, and I really liked uh, your background and and what you were talking about in your session. And just to remind people, uh, uh, you know, Tim's session is the Five Drivers System. It's on Wednesday, I think, at eleven o'clock, eleven thirty, I think, Central Time. Um, but check your programs. I'm sure those things change regularly. But you know, one of my first questions when I, when I saw your your bio out there that it says your session is called the five driver system building and leading a high performance organization so my first thought is of course well, what is a five driver system I'm thinking Tiger Woods is it something I should know about from golf or what so what is a five driver system yeah great great question so uh, a five driver our five driver system we often abbreviate it five ds mm. it simply articulates the five key drivers of the performance and growth of any organization uh, and and real quick here's what the five drivers are strategy process structure culture and people and mm. and together those five drivers determine how a company or an organization or even a business unit performs and grows and, and, and we make a distinction, Paul, this is interesting, and I think it's important for the listeners, we make a distinction between drivers and indicators. Hmm. Drivers produce performance, indicators measure performance. And here's a great analogy. Um, the dashboard of a car provides indicators. Speedometer, for example, indicates speed. It doesn't produce any speed. Right, right. It doesn't make the car do anything. But the engine, in fact, is the, you know, it's the, the, the power source. So we sp- the five driver system, that's the engine of a company or a business unit. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think sometimes we get uh, caught up in metrics over actions, right? So, we, you know, as long as we're paying, we have a dashboard, we're happy. It doesn't matter what's driving it. And that's kind of interesting. Well, I'll, yeah, in fact, I, on that point, we, we, I've been at this for 35 years. And I would say the vast majority of management teams that I've interacted with, um, are preoccupied with the dashboard and don't know nearly as much about their engine, about their five drivers as they should. So when people, you know, people are going to be sitting in on your things, on your, your, your talk. Um, and I know that um, you'll, you'll be covering a lot of your five drivers there. So what afterwards, at least I know with the presentations I've done in the past, afterwards, people have always come up to me and they, they, they comment on it. What, 
What would you say is the biggest aha that most people get after hearing you talk about the 5DS, the five driver system? Oh, wow. A couple things, Paul. Uh, one would be that, a, that an organization behaves like a system, whether or not it's managed like one. Hmm. So if and that's why the 5DS is so helpful. If you want to maximize the performance and growth of your business unit or your your division or your company, or your organization, you've got to pay attention to all five drivers. And strength in one of those drivers will not compensate for weakness in another one. And leaders and managers, some love process. They're operational type people, but they don't really like culture and, and, and strategy. There are some people, that, managers that love strategy, but they're not so good when it comes to process and operational things. If you want to drive and maximize performance and growth, you have to lead and manage the system of five drivers, not just the piece that you're most comfortable with. That'd be the first aha. A business or an organization behaves like a system, whether or not it's managed like one. And then mm -hmm. here's the second, and this is the, this is aha, bold, italicized, underscored, and highlighted <laughs> in pink, okay? Right. Is this. An organization is a human system first, and an operational system second. So it's a human system first, and it's an operational system second. So in the presentation, I'm going to talk about culture and people are the human side of the 5DS, and strategy, process, and structure is the operational side of 5DS. And the way it works is this. The, the, the performance of the operational system is completely contingent upon the health and effectiveness of the human system. Behavior is the one thing that affects everything. Right. And so culture is what drives the behavior that makes the whole system work. And if you have an outstanding operational system, but you don't create a culture that generates and sustains and energizes the behavior called for by the operating system, you will struggle to execute. Culture is not an afterthought. Culture is not a bolt on. Culture is not a soft skill. It is the thing that drives the behavior that makes the whole system work. Does that make sense, Paul? Oh, for me, it does personally, because I'm a big fan of culture. Number one is I do think that, you know, the, the rules and the things you reward, the things you permit, the things you, you pay attention to drives behavior and behavior drives the business. I, I, I rail against the fact that I think too often in today's world, we look for technologies to solve human problems. And we just think that, um, you know, a, a different piece of software is going to make my people respond differently. Uh, and, and they forget that the software is, is, is the intermediary and that the, you know, the, the human part of this is really required. And it's required everywhere. I mean, it, it's required when you're talking about the things you're talking about. It's talking about performance management, all the things that go into um, mm -hmm. you know, an organization. I mean, it's, called, it's an organization because there's people there. I mean, you got to start yeah, there. So I'm, exactly. I'm a big, you, you big fan I, I would, of that. I would say, by the way, technology isn't an enabler. Behavior is a driver. See, there's the difference. Absolutely. Technology isn't an enabler of process and performance, but behavior is the driver of process. and Every process in every company was created by people and is managed by people and has to be changed and, and improved by people. Technology right. can enable the process, yep. but technology doesn't actually execute the process. And this is why I say uh, that, that behavior is the one thing that drives everything. And, and also from a culture perspective, there's an even, I mean, I appreciate and agree with what you said about the things that a company emphasizes and the things it rewards and the things that it recognizes. I think culture goes deeper than that because culture goes to the heart of people. I don't, I don't know if you thought about this or not, but 
you hear the term core values all the time. Oh yeah. The word the word core is Latin for heart. And so technically, by language, core values don't reside on a poster or in a performance plan or in an employee onboarding session. Core values, by definition, resides on people's hearts. Yeah. And there, therein lies the great challenge of leadership and culture. If the values and beliefs off of the wall, off of the poster, off of the emails, into the hearts of the people. Yeah. And that is a much more challenging process than, than you know, put in a Pulitzer Prize winning core value statement uh, in the lobby of the building. Right, right. Absolutely. It, 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 culture is, is a verb. You know, it's things that people do, not not just on the wall. But, you know, that leads into the, even the next question. I mean, you're, you're, you're running this interview for me. This is great, Tim. I appreciate it. So what do you think? And I think we just identified it. What is the thing most organizations do wrong when it comes to performance? And, and how does your 5DS, 5, uh, you know, the system address this? A couple things. I think one, they spend they spend most of their time on the operating system of the business, and not enough time on the human system of the mm-hmm. business. Yep. And if it's true, and it is, that culture drives behavior and behavior produces results, then that means the number one performance issue facing companies today is not strategy or technology or finance; it's behavior. Mm-hmm. And there are behavior skills that that are a part of every organization or every job description. We, we make a distinction in our company at Focus 3. We make a distinction with our clients. There's there's behavior skill and there's job skill. Yep. So there's two, hmm. there's two skill sets that determine how every associate or employee performs, behavior skill and job skill. And job skills are those technical, functional competencies that a person has to have technically to do whatever job they have. And they're very, very important, but Here's the here's the rule. Here's the physics. Job skills are driven by, are determined by, behavior skill. And a behavior skill would be a competency that you use every place in life, at home, with your family and friends, when you're driving your car, when you're at the airport, uh, mm-hmm. when you're at the gym. Those are behavior skills. Emotional management's a behavior skill. Communication is a behavior skill. Uh, listening and collaborating with somebody else is a behavior skill. Thinking and making decisions and solving problems right. is a behavior skill. And so behavior skill drives job skill. In fact, here's a great statement. No amount of technical competence can overcome a behavior skill gap. So here's the big mistake we see companies making. They hire for job skills, not for behavior skills. And I'd, and I'd, then, I'd even take it a little further, Tim, if I can jump in, is I say we promote based on job skills and behavior skills. There you go. I, I would concur with that. I, but, but how about this? How about this, Paul? Most companies hire for job skills, but when they fire somebody, what skill set? What, what, what skill set causes them to be fired? I see. Yeah, um, I it's saw that behavior. coming. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge swing and a miss in most companies. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. And I always ask people in workshops, you ever work with somebody that was really smart but a pain in the butt to work with? And they all kind of like, you know, yeah. <laughs> try not to look around at the colleague that came with them. No, I'm kidding. But, but it's just, it, it is, it is axiomatic today that that. That behavior skill is, unfortunately, is being neglected. And and I'll, I'll go a step further, too. Where would someone learn behavior skill? Social media, Twitter, Instagram? Oh, boy, I Facebook? hope not. <laughs> Public school, private school? Where, where, where are people getting behavior skill training? I mean, take, take emotional management. How many people have been as, as rigorously trained in emotional management as they are in the operating processes of their job? And their company or their organization. Right. 
Right. That, um, and yet, how how often does a bad mood or inability to manage an emotional impulse derail the execution of you know the process that I'm involved with? Right. So I, I think one of the biggest mistakes that organizations make is they pay um, an inordinate amount of attention to the operating system of the business and not enough to the human system of the business, and they don't focus on and build a culture and then drive and then develop and train in the behavior skill that's required to actually execute the operating system. So I think that's a that's a big issue in organizations today. Right. How quickly can someone, an attendee, put in practice what they're going to learn in your session? How fast does your system or the process you talk about, once somebody kind of gets into it, what's the time frame for them to actually see, put this into practice at their session, at their company? Yeah, that's a really uh, important question. And I'm going to answer it in a very intentional fashion because how we've designed our tools we have made our tools to be clear, simple, and actionable. Mm-hmm. But we still follow the physics. So there are things that we're going to talk about in the 5DS session that are immediately applicable and can produce oh, a benefit. Okay. Right okay. But at the same time, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we present that's subject to the physics of any kind of improvement. And it's like asking, how fast can you make the corn grow? Mm-hmm. or how fast can the oak tree grow or how fast can because people ask us all the time they want to do cultural improvement or they want to they want to build new behavioral habits into themselves or somebody else well there's a process involved in that mm-hmm. there's physics involved in that i mean i if i could improve culture in three weeks i would uh, charge a very very large fee for doing that and i would and i would get that fee um if i could help if i could teach emotional management in in seven days um, and and people can have a complete emotional transformation mm-hmm. in seven days. Uh, again, I would charge a huge fee and I would get it. So there are things that we will teach, we'll present that are immediately applicable. There's other things that it just takes time. Sure. And they'll get both, they'll get both of those. Yeah. Good. Well, good. So uh, what's the number one reason someone should attend your session? So here's your opportunity to to sell attendance here, Tim. Well, I, I think we've answered that already in the in the questions that, that we've talked about. The, the people that come to this session are going to get a simple but a very powerful system for focusing their attention on what actually drives and produces performance and growth. Um, and, and maybe I could put it this way, Paul. The 5DS is going to help them focus on what really matters mm-hmm. in their business. Well, which is, I think, in a lot of times, that's one thing we all need help with, right? It's figuring out what is the important few. I mean, I've read that a million times, right? Finding out the important few things uh, versus yeah. the unimportant many kind of thing. The urgent many and the, unimp- and the important few. So that's, well, a, let me, that's a good way yeah, to let me, let me. It is. Yeah, let me tag on. Here's the other thing that we've seen with all of our clients who've adopted the 5DS. It becomes common language. It's a shared language. Yep. It's a shared way to look at what matters. Big. That's big. It's because you... You can't manage strategy, process, structure. And these are HR professionals, right, for right. the most part, yep. be at, this, at, the, at the conference. And, and if, if only the HR folks looked at the business through strategy, process, structure, culture, and people, uh, that'd be good. But what, 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 it's a shared system. It's a shared uh, lens by which to see the business. And that's very powerful because right. different people are going to see different elements of the strategy and of the process and right. of the structure. And of the, so – it really allows for not only a shared language and a shared lens by which to see the business, but it also allows for collaboration to say, okay, what are we seeing about 
these five drivers. And that's very helpful when it comes to the, the collaborative leading and improvement of a company. Or a business unit. Well, that's super. Well, we, we've used up more time than I really wanted to spend here. So how else can they follow you, your organization, connect with you pre and post? I'm sure you'll be talking about it at, at Sherm, but uh, for, sure. for this that goes out here in the next week or so, what, where, how can they follow you and your organization? We Our, our website is very straightforward, focus3.com, and that's the number three. Yep. So focus 3 dot com and lots of cool stuff there i'm on twitter at timothy kite and that's k-i-g-h-t at timothy kite and i tweet out leadership culture uh that's kind of stuff i I don't tweet out personal information um i don't really want to know what other people are doing and i'm not (laughs) interested in sharing what i'm doing so um but i just i send out business stuff and it's it's i think our twitter feed's pretty darn cool and i'm on linkedin too they can look me up there but it's it's at timothy kite on twitter well, I appreciate it. Thanks for your time today, Tim. I wish you the best at Sherm. Awesome. I know I'll be stopping by the session, and I'm, I'm really hoping you get a great turnout. Awesome. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you.